Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Lauren, with me. Uh, I've been on Lauren's show quite a few times, and <laughs> it's great to finally have her on here today. I'm excited to, to have you, Lauren. Uh, can you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, marriage, ministry, and you know, what are you working on ministry project-wise, those types of things? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm really honored and super excited to be here. I'm very thankful that you invited me, and this is a great topic, so I'm excited about that. And I'm always very, very thankful to have you on the program. I am uh, Lauren Herford. I'm the host of the Tulips and Honey podcast. Um, if, you, if you're watching, instead of listening, then you can see that all around me. I'm a squirrely, little goofy podcast host. Basically, we talk about, you know, theology in a fun way. And I like to do interviews and pester people about pineapple pizza. So that's, that's pretty much my podcast. And then I'm a stay at home homeschooling mom. I've got a beautiful daughter and an amazing husband. Um, God graciously saved me in 2015, uh, July 4th, 2015. So while everybody else was out celebrating the 4th of July here in America, I was in a hotel in a brand new city. And we were listening to Paul Washer videos and having our world dumped upside down. So I've been blogging and podcasting pretty much since a year after that. So I think I started blogging in 2016 and podcasting, I think in 2017. That's pretty much it. That's me in a nutshell, squirrely and uh, almost always confused. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. I enjoy her, (laughs) enjoy your show very much. So it's a it's it's fun and to be on and to have you today. Well, hey guys, today we're going to talk about uh, with Lauren. Uh, we're going to talk about navigating grief and loss during the holidays. And you know, I mean, who I, I'm sure that you're listening to this and you're like, man, maybe this is the episode that you don't want to listen to. I, I hope it's the episode though that you will listen to because um, you know you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. people think well holidays and loss and grief and people think I'm, I'm alone. And so, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, be, be honest. Uh, so we have to be, we have to be honest. Like, you know, the holidays are hard for people. Like my, my wife's parents uh, aren't around. They, my, her father, my wife's father was tragically murdered about 20 mm-hmm. years ago. And then her mom died of uh, stage four cancer just before six months before we met. So that was a little, almost 15 and a half years ago. Um, You know, about a month ago, I had a dear mentor of mine die. And so like, I'm, I'm going through the process of grief and loss and all those things. And, you know, this is the first uh, Christmas. Um, This would have been here in like three weeks. It would have been the first time that I've seen him in two years because you know, of COVID uh-huh. and moving and, and everything. And we were planning to spend lots of time together, but, you know, he, um, he died of COVID complications and he had a stroke. And so, so I'm, if you're here, if you're listening to this or watching this episode, I just want to say like, I am there with you in, in the midst of 
you know, your grief in the midst of your loss, in the midst of your pain, if it's your first Christmas or, you know, it was just Thanksgiving, um, you know, I'm, I'm there with you as the first and it's, it hurts. It painful. It's painful. It's painful even after that. And I've walked with, I seem to, I hate to, I hate to say this when I just said that, but, uh, you know, I seem to attract hurt, hurting people, uh, probably cause <laughs> I've been hurt so much like flies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not comparing hurting people to flies. I'm just saying like, they seem <laughs> to be attracted to me, uh, for whatever reason, I always get, I always get sent the hardest counseling cases and the most hurting people. And, and, you know, it's because I I know what the answer is. It's because I've been hurt and, um, you know, I'm able to walk with people hopefully in in an understanding and helpful way. But, you know, we, we, we wanted to talk about this because it is a, it is a real issue. And, and I'd love to hear, you know, what, what do you think, what does it mean, you know, to be, you think a, a good, caring, a Christian friend or, or, or any of those th- other thoughts uh, about what I just said? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm going to just join with everybody in, in your audience and give you my condolences for your loss of a mentor, because that's a grief that's very difficult, especially if you were hoping to get to just see them and then, and then not get to see them before they passed on. This has been a really difficult couple of years for, for a lot of people with, with the COVID complications, my husband's uncle died. I think um, it's been nearly a year now, and it was same same thing complications with COVID, and nobody was even able to go and see him in the hospital. I think that's part of what's making these past couple of years so difficult. A lot of people lost loved ones, and they weren't able to say goodbye. We we haven't been able to travel. We haven't been able to see one another. It's been difficult, and I think that the best thing that that we can do for one another. Even and and especially if you're listening to this and you haven't lost anybody and you don't have to deal with grief, do do keep listening because you're gonna uh, you're gonna be approached by somebody else that may be dealing with grief on their own. And so the real goal here is that we can help people know what not to do and what what would be best to do because unfortunately, a lot of times people when they're trying to be friendly, they do tend to say things that are more hurtful than helpful. And even if they're they're trying to be loving or kind or being a friend to you while you're grieving some sometimes things that people say they're actually just it, it would be better to just not say anything so when i think about being a friend to somebody who's lost a loved one we we know what the scripture says we're supposed to you know rejoice with people who rejoice mourn with those that are mourning this is this is how we're loving one another we're abiding with one another we're we're bearing up with one another so it's obviously something that's important in scripture the world is supposed to be able to see us by the way that we love one another. And when somebody is grieving, that's a perfect opportunity for us to show one another that love. And, and you, you want to be friends to one another in the same way that you would hopefully have somebody be friendly to you. And that that's to consider this person. Every single person is different. What might be helpful for you, Dave, it might not be helpful for somebody else. And so for a mom of, five kids, if they've had a loss, what would actually probably be helpful is maybe offer to help with cleaning and and watching kids and cooking. But what might be helpful for somebody else is to just hug them and let them know that you're there, that you're willing to listen. One of the things that it's important to do whenever we're grieving is to listen to one another, to tell the stories. Like if you had a story about your favorite Christmas moment with your mentor or your favorite thing that, that that mentor ever said, 
your grief is normal. Your grief is, is actually just a sign of the fact that you had this wonderful person in your life, that God gave you this gift of friendship and mentorship with this person. That's a blessing. So if you can help one another get to those happy moments, it's not going to fix the grief. We shouldn't want to fix the grief, right? Like the grief is natural and normal. Being a friend to somebody grieving doesn't mean that you fix their grief. Let them grieve, grieve with them, talk to them. If you knew that person, remind them of the funny times, ask them questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions about that person. Like, you know, when, when did you, how did you meet your mentor? How did he even become your mentor? How, how did that happen? And then you're going to find that instead of, you know, weeping with somebody, or instead of actually making that person feel worse, you're actually laughing with the grieving person about something funny that that mentor said, and then crying with the person because you're, you know, you're dealing with with all those memories that that's helpful. Another thing that's really not helpful in a moment of grieving when somebody is coming to you, talk to them is, is making it about yourself. We tend to want to relate to one another, right? Like, oh, I know exactly how you're feeling because I lost somebody, you know, 10 years ago that that's actually probably not going to be helpful for most people in the moment. That's a really good point though. I think you can do that um, in a way that it doesn't make it about you, but it, it relates to the person. So we often, and and I'm not, I'm not uh, pushing back on what you said at all. I just, people often hear that and they're like, okay, so I shouldn't do that. Well, yes and no, you don't want to make it about you. Like you said, but you can say things like I have a friend a good friend here locally, his his mom died. You know, I'm going through my own grief and I'm not making it mm-hmm. about me when I say this. I'm just saying like, hey, you know, I asked him on Sunday, I asked, you know, he's the worship pastor at our church here. And um, he he was, uh, he lost his mom. You know, we were there and I, and I just shared with him. I said, you know, um, I'm processing my own grief and loss over a dear mentor. I know that's different than, you know, what your, what your mom you know, what you're going through with your mom, because she's your mom, you know, this was, Mm -hmm. this is like, this person to me was like my big brother, you know, we called it, I called him my big brother, he called me his little brother. And we took that like, seriously, we were that close. And, you know, as part of his family, he was part of my family, you know, although not blood related. So it is, it is, it is different, but it's also, it's, it's sharing it's sharing with one another in, in an understandable way where it's not about you. It's about, Hey, you know, I understand some of the pain that, and you can even say, I understand some of the pain that you're feeling because I'm feeling it too. And so I'm just entering in with you into, you know, your pain, you know, and, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid to do that. We shouldn't be afraid to to enter into each other's pain and, and to say, so when I hear not you say that, because I know you, but other people, when they hear that kind of thing, when, you know, oh, well, don't enter in, don't uh, make sure that you don't, you know, try to be relate, relate your circumstances. People can be like, oh, well, then, you know, I don't want to mess up and I don't want to be afraid. It's okay if you mess up. Right. You know, be, people don't get be, nervous. Yeah. Don't be, don't get so nervous that you never say anything, but just be cognizant of the fact, like if you've actually experienced something like really hurting or your struggle, you just, you can share that, but, but make that more about like, you're trying to, to comfort them in, in, but in, but in a kind of like a relatable way. And, and that's kind of like, that's how you can avoid just, just thinking in the right way about this, put yourself in that person's shoes and try to think, 
hey, I've been, I've hurt. How am I going to, how can I be helpful to that person to comfort them, to encourage them, to let them know that I love them and care about them and, and all those things. Um, and so, you know, that, that's, that's it's just, just a one. great balance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, this so is like, like you started this with that where you're not alone, just know that you're not alone. Yeah. That, that there's other people grieving. That's a really great way to put a balance on that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, there's people that I've canceled that, uh, by God's grace, I've never had anybody commit suicide because one of the big things I'll do with somebody with suicide is I'll do exactly what you just said. It just kind of never triggered my memory a little bit. I'll just tell them, Hey, you're not alone. It, not mm-hmm. only does God with you wherever you are, but you know what? You can call me and I'll be there for you. I'll, I'll be there mm-hmm. for you. And, and, you know, other people will be there for you. Cause at that point, if somebody tells me that they're going to be a suicide, I'm getting other people, uh, yeah. you know, even, even if, even if it's over the internet, I've actually, people told me that they're a suicide on the internet and I have called the police and the police have gone there, you know, cause I didn't know anybody yeah. else in that area. And plus, you know, it's a, it's actually a, resp- a morally and ethical responsible thing to, to do that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, these, these things are just uh, really so maybe what we want to talk about here is just what kind of friend should we be? I think some things, you know, we can kind of bounce it off from here, but I think probably the, the couple of things that stand out, the kind of friend you should be is you should be in the word to mm-hmm. have something to say. You, you should be reading good books. You know, we have so many, you can go through over 350 episodes and pick any of those books and, and you'll find something <laughs> in those books that, that you'll, you know, will like, you know, on our magazine, Theology for Life, at the end of every issue, we have recommended reading and we've done those for seven, eight years. So, I mean, there's, there's so many books that you can find that are solid, um, you know, uh, commentaries, uh, Ligonier's uh, recommendations, uh, Charlie's recommendations on commentaries are good. Uh, so you can grow in, in your knowledge of the word and in theology, but it also really work on, we don't do a very good job of this, be relationally mature, um, mm-hmm. doing like what you were saying, listening, caring, showing empathy, showing concern. Why? Because we prize Christ above all, so we should care you know, and, yeah. and I think you really do that. I think you do that. I've seen that, that you do that really well. So I really appreciate that about you, by the way. Oh, thanks. I don't take compliments very well though. I don't do that very well. So I, I but I appreciate it. I think this is so <laughs> important too. Like what you just mentioned that we, if, if we're in the word, because Unfortunately, whenever people lose somebody or something tragic happens, you, you see it everywhere. Everybody's like, oh, thoughts and prayers. My thoughts and prayers are with you. Or they'll give sort of a cliche. There's a lot of Christian cliches out there. Well, that just sort of throw something out. And anytime that I have grieved a loss or been in the throes of something really difficult, really emotionally heavy, when somebody comes to me with a, a verse and then they expound upon that verse, that has always been like, it's a, it's like a relief to hear somebody giving me this beautiful verse, this scripture, explaining it to me in a way where they're not saying, here's why you shouldn't be upset because that's unfortunately what a lot of times people are, are doing whenever they, whenever they mention uh, cliches, here's why you shouldn't be upset, be, be okay. And, you know, I came out of the word of faith 
movement where basically you were just told that you had to pretend, even if you're not okay, pretend to be okay, because you can't, my goodness, you can't say anything bad. If you say anything about being sad, then you could put the sadness out there for some reason. So I think that's such a great point. There are all these resources. And even if the book isn't even about grief or a suicide or any of these things, just having that knowledge, having that uh, theological grounding Boy, when I first was taught about the sovereignty of God, it was during a really difficult time. And that was a tremendous blessing to me to learn that God was sovereign, that all of these things that are happening, no matter how difficult or how how very many times per day, I think I can't do this anymore. God is sovereign. That's a huge encouragement because I know who God is. I know his attributes. I know that he's righteous and just and loving. So I think that's just the the best advice that you could really give to somebody. You never know when somebody's going to come to you grieving or when you're going to be grieving yourself. So being in study and reading these books, that's that's really good advice for for folks if they're wondering how to be prepared. You can't really be prepared if you're counseling people, even someone who has experienced a suicide, if a loved one kills themselves, each individual person is going to be different as they come to you, right? And and their needs are going to be different. So it's it's almost impossible to actually just settle down and prepare for every eventuality. It's better, right, to just have a overview of these things. Yeah, I know. What you're saying is so important because people are complex and people have complex issues. And so, you know, having a have a, having a one size fits all approach to to every person in every situation it just doesn't work uh that's why you know people often feel like oh they feel intimidated or scared okay well so i've been told i shouldn't say this so should i say anything at all and and then and then where people go it is okay well they psych themselves out of even talking to the grieving person no right. here's so here's some things to do um and i've and i've done these things it is so good. And you will, you will really have a ministry to hurting people. If you do this, you know, say, say you have a friend, their spouse dies, a close friend to them, go if you can, you don't feel obligated, or or if you're not close, you know, if you can, you know, go to that funeral, if you live in the same town, or, or you're able to, you know, you have money, and you have time off to go, that'll mean so much. But even more than that, that person you need to understand is going to be so inundated with people caring for them, Lord willing, hopefully, um, that, you know, coming, being even coming in later, you know, weeks or, or months after, or even a year later, making a note, writing it down. Hey, I followed up with this person on this date, you know, yeah. follow up with them in three months or in a month. Hey, just check. Hey, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to ask, are you doing okay? I know that, you know, you lost your, your spouse, your lost your friend. Are you, are you really doing okay? Like, you know, not just, Hey, are you doing all right? You know, with the loss, but you know, how are you really doing? Um, you're probably, that person's probably going to lose because yeah. you're taking the time to, and I've had many people lose it when I've asked that question. And, and, the, and the thing is, is that what it communicates is, Hey, I, I really love you. I care about you. And I just want to know, are you okay? Uh, by the way, you should not, you should probably pull that person to the side. Hey, you know, I want to ask you a, a kind of a personal question. Can I pull you to the side over here so that we can chat for, you know, and it might not just be just a second type conversation. It, it might be a little longer, but, but just be open to that. And, and then the, one of the best things that you can do, kind of, I guess this is kind of my process for dealing with this is just 
I'll, I'll um, and I've learned this from many pastors. Don't say much. Don't go in thinking that mm-hmm. you have to say anything at all. Your yeah. presence is actually the, 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 your presence and God using you in that moment is actually the thing that will probably minister to them more than anything. Just having an outlet yeah. to listen to. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that you never say anything, but like, especially like at the beginning, I would almost say to people, unless you're really experienced and you know the person or you have lots of experience dealing with grief and loss, just go in with the idea that you're probably not going to say much and that you're going to mm-hmm. listen. And then you're going to pray with that person, unless you're really good at empathy, unless you're really good at being relatable, uh, unless you can really, you know, take that theology and, and apply it to that person's life. Um, the best way to, and the most helpful way is just to listen to say, Hey, can we pray about what you shared and then pray? I, I can tell you that the, the pastors that, that I trust the most when I've shared really heavy things with them and they've done this, they've almost got instant credibility with me. Um, yeah. and they do it over and over and over again. And it just, it makes me want to share more and more with them because they're, they're showing me, Hey, I, I really take my job. And, and this is what we should do as Christians. We, we should be the safest people in the world because we have the yeah. best theology. We have the people's, uh, we have people's answers. We have their best in mind. We have the best motivations for them. Um, this is what the church has always done. Um, we should be the safest. So we should be, not only the church should be the safest place, but we should have the safest people um, because we have the yeah. best theology. We have the best answers. We have the best hope, the only hope I should say, and and so we can we can be patient. Above all, we should be patient, especially with hurting people, and not mm-hmm. be in a rush to jam theological knowledge down people's throats and show them and impress them. But no, what's going to impress that hurting people? What's going to make them bring them back, come back to you, is is listening, and and caring about them, and that actually, I would say, I would argue. I, I could use a lot of scripture to do this. And you know, what I say that I, I really could um, <laughs> is, is, is that's where real maturity is shown. Yeah. You look at Job's friends where the maturity failed was they were offering, they weren't really being concerned about, you know, right. Job himself. They were more concerned with telling Job what to do to get out of his funk. That's not what real maturity looks like. Real maturity looks like, zipping your lip with the hurting and opening your ears and listening and just being okay with not saying much at all. And then at the end praying, and yeah. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you want to be used by God in a very powerful and a profound way, and I'm not saying like, you're, there's going to be times where you have to say things um, to help them, but especially like at the opening, like if somebody's opening and they're sharing, whether that's about sexual sin or about grief, about loss, about pain, just sit there and look them in the eye and, and listen, and you'll build, you'll build so much credibility and trust with that person. Um, you know, you're going to have plenty of opportunities. And if you keep doing it over and over again, you're going to have more and more opportunities to minister to hurting people, to be the, to be the kind of friend, you know, your, your pastor cannot be all things to all right. people. You know, you need to be this kind of Christian, and, I, and I'm and I'm so thankful we have a, a, a for this podcast we have a very mature I think a very mature audience. Sometimes I'm blown away by our audience because I'm like I, I didn't get any pushback on on that episode. I'm like, <laughs> what in the world, guys? But 
But like, we have such a mature audience. So even if you're listening to this, you you already probably know these things. You're probably already doing these things. But that's great. But remember Paul's, when Paul talked about being anxious about nothing, everything and, and talked about contentment, he talked about putting into practice these things. And so I just want to say, if you're already doing these things, now put them into practice. You know, and mm-hmm. that's where the rubber meets the road is, is it's not enough just to know and be able to check off the box, but now do these things. Don't be just a hearer of the word, as James says, be a doer of the word, put into practice the things that you know and that you that you know to do. What are the what are the things, you know, as I'm going through my own grief that's that's helped me personally, and I'll be honest, is like before church yesterday, before we recorded this, I I spent probably an hour, 30 minutes of really focused time just praying about you know, the, the pain, the hurt, the anxiety. And, and I went to church and I, and I was able to, I felt, you know, it's not about my feelings, you know, I'm not saying that, but it's about like, I was in a, I was in a better frame of mind. I was able to mm-hmm. you know, really partake in worship. And, and I was going to actually work before I went to church, which I sometimes do. And, and I just felt like, I just felt like I needed that time to pull away to be with the Lord. And I'm, I'm so glad that, that I did that because it really, it really helped me. And, and I've been doing that more and more every morning. And, it, and it's really been, it's really been um, so good for me. Um, so I would just say, you know, if that's, if that's you take that extra, maybe 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe you can't pull away for an hour. Okay. I understand, but take some extra time and just pray about your anxiety, your pain, your worry, and take it back to the cross. Take it back to Jesus. Take it back to, you know, the fact that he's the hope of your soul and the one who, you know, preach that truth to yourself as you pray. That's, that's what prayer is. It's talking with God. It's talking to him in a biblical way, you know, uh, taking the truth of scripture and talking to God about it and talking about your your, your struggles. Yeah. I think, and probably for you, you'll understand more than, than I would as a man, it's, it's tempting to just try to pretend like you're okay or to be tough and to take on maybe more than, than you can in the moments of grief, whenever things become overwhelming. It's so, it's so helpful to hear you say that what you needed in that moment was, was to just be in prayer rather than being anywhere else. And it, it sounds an awful lot like as I'm listening to you, pur- purposefulness, really being purposeful in all these things. That's really, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting over here learning as, as you're talking I'm learning, hopefully everybody listening to is learning alongside me because it, it, it is, it's, it's important to be purposeful, but in both sides, that's something that I hadn't considered as you're talking about that, that you're talking about being purposeful. If you're helping somebody grieving, but also if you're grieving, you're being purposeful. And if, if some, if somebody is struggling and they can't handle things, it's helpful to, to be honest that, that you're. You, you can't, you can't take on anymore that you need, you need some time. You need to spend time in prayer rather than doing something else. It's really, it's really encouraging just to hear you explain these things in such a literal way, purposefulness in all that we do and, and always backing things up with scripture. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you think about any of these things? Like, how do you, how do you navigate some of these things during the holidays? you know, in your own challenging moments? I think that the difficult part for holidays is that it brings back all of these memories. And so whether your grief is recent or, you know, 10, 10 years past, whatever it is, however long it's been, we, we have 
you know, you're unpacking all these little trinkets or you're putting up a tree and you're remembering these things. And I am always have the temptation to really go to dark places. Unfortunately, through, you know, sanctification, it does get easier. But each year, there's always still that pool where I can remember the bad times rather than than the happy stuff. And that can be a difficult thing to break through. Sometimes grief is is different for for some people. You mentioned if you're if you've been like hurt by somebody else, that kind of stuff. It can also be brought back up. So sometimes when we lose people, not everybody that we lose are people that are kind and loving is kind of what I'm saying. You know, like sometimes our grief, like my my particular each year, I remember my grandma, my my grandma helped she lived with us uh, growing up off and on and helped raise me. And I absolutely adored my grandma. I called her my graham cracker. We lived down the street from her for a while and she was just, she was just the best, absolutely adorable. And so when, when she passed away, she didn't even get to really meet Kaylee because Kaylee was little and she lived in a different state. And so it was really difficult. And every year at Christmas time, I have to refocus my mind on the happy things and it does take a purposeful action, even if I'm not re- recognizing what I'm doing when I'm doing it. The best thing for me mentally is to focus on the the joyful things, which is it. It is easier as years go by. If it was recent, then it would just be it would just be really difficult. But it, it helps me personally to just make sure that I am focusing on positive stuff. It can get difficult if you had really rough childhood and you're remembering past hurts that happened around the holidays from from adults hurting as uh, hurting you as a child or anything like that that kind of grief is a little bit different than if you're grieving somebody who was kind and loving and and you have all those happy things so for that that aspect of it i do have to be way more purposeful in what in what i'm really just focusing on and that that does that does take me back to scripture each time. If I'm going to be focusing on something positive, I, I have to oftentimes I have to turn on scripture. I have to listen to, you know, my ESV app or open up, open up my Bible and, and take time to read. And just like you mentioned, taking time to sit and pray and work through those thoughts so that they're not just festering in the background and, and making you feel anxious. Sometimes anxiety builds up because I've ignored certain thoughts for so long and pushed them aside and just tried to not pay any attention rather than doing that, going to scripture and working through those thoughts is really helpful for me. And then, um, telling the happy stories. That's always the thing that, that just brings me a great amount of joy. If, if my sweet little daughter wants to, you know, be bop around with me while I'm putting Christmas decorations up, I can tell her stories about these, you know, loved ones that have gone, you know, some of them to, to glory and, and I can share with her my childhood and the happy times rather than the not so happy times. That's, that's really the the best thing for, for me. Not everybody is like that. Everybody is going to be a little bit different with the way that they grieve, but it is intentional. So I'm glad that you, that's why, that's why I kind of honed in on that. The intentionality of what you're talking about, that is actually the best way to get through the holidays. We, we're not all happy, happy holiday people. And other people are going to maybe be happy, happy holiday people. It's better not to rain on everybody else's parade. Some days are going to be easier than other days. And if you can spend some time, like you mentioned, Dave, just in prayer, you had a better mindset leaving the house that day because you had you 
you took that time. You admitted that you needed that time and you took that time, taking the time to do that. Also not overwhelming yourself. If you've recently lost somebody or if you're just really struggling, some years are easier than other years, right? Like there are years where I can get along and be just fine. There are other years where for whatever reason, it's overwhelming. Don't take on more than you can handle if you're already overwhelmed. It's okay to say no. It's okay to just say, hey, I can't, I can't do that right now because I'm dealing with this. Could you be praying for me? I would really appreciate that. And the other thing I was going to mention, you you talked about praying with somebody right away. That is so important. When when we tell people, hey, I'm praying for you, to actually be praying for that person, not not just because if you don't, then you've just lied, but also because if you've been around somebody who's grieving, they do need your prayers. And to actually pray with them in that moment, my goodness, that's that's such a great way to show that person that you're you're genuine. You're not just, oh yeah, my thoughts and prayers. You're actually caring for that person. I thought that was really, really great advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think one last thing to probably talk about is just, you know, having an outlet, having a friend, being really purposeful. If you're if you have a really hard thing in your life, like for me, that's my parents memory, their memory loss or my friend dying, you need to realize that you need some, some extra friends and don't be afraid to ask people at your church to say, Hey, you know, you might have people outside of church and that's great, but you need people where you're at too. And that's why I have not only local accountability, but I also have accountability outside of, outside of the church. People who know me, those people know me better than people at, at the church, especially because I've moved quite a few times yeah. in the last uh for a few years and 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 just and being able to open up and share hey this is where i'm at this is really where i'm at you know you know and then if somebody comes to you and is sharing that just i'm so sorry you know the lord's with you encourage them specifically you know kind of thing or just saying i'm sorry i'm sorry to hear that you know is is so helpful but I know that I know that uh, we need to wrap up this episode. So I have two last things that we're going to that I'm going to ask you. One is uh, tell us where we can find you on social media and uh, tell us where about your podcast, where people can find you and and some of those things. All right. Well, if you're uh, watching rather than listening, then you can sort of see in the background that I have some little ads. So I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and I'm on, (laughs) this is funny. I'm actually on MeWe, but I misspelled my own name. So if you're looking (laughs) for me on MeWe, people have explained to me how to fix it and I still can't figure it out. So uh, I am on all of those different um, social media sites. It's usually either Tulips and Honey or Lauren Herford. And of course, my email, biblicalbeginnings at outlook.com. If you want to reach out, if you want prayer, or you just, you know, would like to reach out to me, I try to uh, keep up with that as often as I can. And then my podcast, there's a YouTube channel. I think it's Tulips and Honey is the YouTube channel. And then the actual podcast itself is available on like Apple, iTunes and Stitcher and iHeart, all the, all the different all the different podcasting things supposed to be stuff. all the stuff it's in all the places and all the stuffs. And then of course I've got the blog, the tulips and honey hub blog. You can usually find all the links to all the stuffs there too, if you're looking for stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, it, it. Other than the fact that if you really want to connect with me, I go live usually on Thursdays or Fridays 
And you can actually like have your comment show up on the screen and I'll answer your questions live. And I'm for whatever reason, constantly trying Oreos so that people can see what flavors are gross, which by the way, is almost every single flavor of Oreo. It, they're almost all gross, especially the birthday cake. That one was the worst so far. For whatever reason, we try Oreos on, on the live event and, and talk about theology. It's really weird. And pick on her about pineapple pizza like I do. You don't I'll, pick on I'll the pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if I get one more picture of a friend or listener eating their pineapple pizza, I might throw up on air. I might just do it. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, friend. Well, uh, do you have any last thoughts for our listeners or those watching this? Well, I really just want to, um, first of all, thank you again for letting me join you on the program and having this call, this, this, this whole context, this whole discussion, it's super important. I don't think we talk about it enough. Just to mention, Dave, like you just said, a lot of times that you get sent people who are really going through the worst of the worst, and you've gone through really bad times, and God is now using that for good. Those bad things God is using for a good purpose, and he's able to use you and work through you to minister to other people because you've hurt. We don't really know um, all of all the reasons why these sort of things happen. God is sovereign over anything and everything on earth and in heaven. So if you're going through a time of grief, it's okay to be open and honest because it will help other people who are grieving and don't know how to be open and honest until somebody is shown how to really do that in a meek and and honest way. It can be difficult for people to share. So don't feel like you you can't share. Don't feel like you can't reach out. If you do need prayer, uh, Dave and I, of course, both of us would would be happy to pray with with anybody who's grieving. So reach out to people like Dave said. You don't have to do this alone. You're not alone. And and there there are people who want to pray with you and want to work through these things with you. So do do that. Make sure that if you're grieving and you're suffering. That, that you know that you're not, you're not alone and, and reach out to people, even if it's not us. That's Amen. it. Amen. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining uh, Cooping You and Grace. You did a great job today. As always, it's a joy to talk to you. So thank you so much for, for joining me and God bless you and all that you're doing. Thanks, brother. God bless you. I'm, I'm, I'm really humbled that you invited me on. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.